message of hope and good news for you. The program today is part of a series of programs called Give Me the Bible with Uncle Len. And the title today is Gaining Eternal Life. Hello again, my radio friends. I'm happy you've joined me today in Program 8 in the series Give Me the Bible, a message of hope and good news for you. You know, there's not too much of anything in the world today that can give you peace now and hope for the future. For many, the future is frightening, depressing, even foreboding. But the Bible paints a different picture. It tells that there is a bright future ahead for those who are prepared to accept the gift that God offers. And that gift is of such huge proportions that it is, to use a common saying, almost too good to be true. But it is true because it is guaranteed by he who cannot lie. Let me tell you a story today to begin with. Each September, the Chinese people have a public holiday to celebrate the Moon Festival. They make moon cakes, light up their Chinese lanterns and do a lot of things to do with the moon. The story of the moon goddess, Chang'e, is told to the children. And the story goes like this. Once upon a time, there was a famous archer, Hu Yi, who could slay the fiercest beast and the most formidable enemies. He was married to Chang Yi, a beautiful but very inquisitive woman who had been an attendant to the Queen Mother of the West before her marriage. Now, at this time there were ten suns circling the earth, one each day, so that each would have one turn every ten days. One day all of the suns circled the earth together, causing the earth to scorch and threatening mankind. The emperor of China summoned Hu Yi and commanded him to kill nine of the sons, leaving just one. Hu Yi shot his bow and arrow and killed the nine sons, and the emperor rewarded him with a pill that would keep him alive forever. Hu Yi was told to think very carefully for a whole year before taking the pill so he hid it in the house. 
One day the emperor wanted to talk to Hu Yi, and while he was away his inquisitive wife found the pill. She swallowed the pill and found she could fly. Just at that moment her husband came home and was angry with her, so she flew out of the window up into the sky. Hu Yi followed her, but the strength of the wind forced him back to the earth. Cheng Yi reached the moon, and when she arrived she was so breathless she coughed part of the pill up out of her mouth and was now no longer able to fly. She was unable to leave the moon, but supposedly she will never die. When the Chinese look at the full moon, they see not a man in the moon, but Cheng Yi and a rabbit. This legend was originally told to me by a Chinese lady. I was happy to share with her something even better, something true, and something you can read for yourself in the book of books, the Bible. It is found in John chapter 4. Jesus is talking to a Samaritan woman and he tells her that he has water which will well up into eternal life to whoever drinks it. Now, the water was metaphoric, as you cannot go out to some special shop and get a bottle of water that will make you live forever. In fact, you won't even get this water on eBay. What Jesus was telling her was that he was able to provide her with eternal life. And what he told her goes for me and also goes for you. You see, there is no one, absolutely no one, apart from Jesus, who can give you this gift. It has to come from the life-giver himself. In the book of Acts, chapter 4, and verse 10 and 12, that fact is confirmed. The Apostle Peter, whom many Roman Catholics regard as the first Pope, is preaching, and he announces, It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Not Buddha, not Mohammed, not the Pope, not Mother Teresa, not Freddie Bloggs, not Mary, not some patron saint, not some Indian guru, not the best doctor in the world, not Bill Gates, 
not your dead ancestors, nor any wizard or witch, not Uncle Tom Cobbley, but Jesus. Jesus is the only person, the only way for anyone to be saved. So what does that word salvation mean? Salvation is a noun meaning the state of being saved. So if you are saved, you have salvation. Saved from what? You might be wondering. Well, you are saved from eternal death and the consequence of sin. And if you are saved from something, you must be saved to something. So what are you saved to? Just as the word from is the opposite of to, you are saved to have eternal life, the gift of God. Now, if that isn't worth having, I don't know what is. When it looks as if someone is at risk of dying, don't they just try about everything there is to stay alive? And yet here we have a free gift of everlasting life from God. John D. Rockefeller, the American oil billionaire, said this prior to his death. I would give everything I own if only I could have my health back. He didn't want to die. He wanted to continue to live. His billions of dollars couldn't save him. Only Jesus could. Some people, when they die, have their bodies frozen. This is called cryogenics. They hope that one day medical science will improve to such a degree that they can revive and live again. But that will never happen. Only Jesus can give eternal life. So let's see what else the Bible has to say about salvation. If you're not very familiar with the Bible, I suggest you start reading in the book of John. It is the fourth book of the New Testament. It's called a gospel, an announcement of good news. Chapter 3, verses 16 and 17 tell us this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whosoever believes in him, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And that's Jesus.
So the offer is there. It's up to you whether you take it or not. Take it, and the promise is that you can have eternal life. Reject it, and you have to bear the consequence of your own sins, and that consequence is eternal death. Also in the book of John, chapter 14 and verse 6, we are told, and Jesus is here speaking again, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, we haven't yet spoken about who God is, but for the moment let me say this. God is immortal. He has the keys to life and therefore he is able to give eternal life. So by so, by, so by saying we come to the Father is another way of saying that we have eternal life. So the next question is, what do I do to get eternal life? And you are listening to a voice, uh, to a message of hope and good news for you. Uh, we are going to take a short break and we'll be back with uh, Uncle Len again and give me the Bible. Right now I've got a beautiful song, uh, uh, Amazing Grace.
So the question is, what do I do to get eternal life? There are a few simple steps, starting with A, B, C. The first thing is to acknowledge. To acknowledge that you are not all that you should be. That is, that you've done wrong that you have sinned. I think most of us realise that we are sinners. Many people try to cover up this fact in their lives and pretend that they're okay. Some others have the idea that it's all right to do what is wrong as you don't get caught. What they fail to realise is that doesn't cut the mustard with God who knows what we are what we do and even what we think we might think no one knows what's going on in our lives but God knows unless you're able to acknowledge that you are a sinner you cannot be helped any further the second is to believe. To believe what? Well, you need to believe that God loves you, that he exists and is interested in your welfare. You need to believe that Jesus gave his life in exchange for yours and through his sacrifice, he bought your freedom from sin. That's, of course, if you want that freedom. So A is to acknowledge. B is to believe. And the third thing is to confess. Confess to God that you have sinned, that you have been following a wrong course in your life, and want to turn away from it. How do I do that, you may ask? Just remember, God is not restricted by time or space. Just speak to him. Say the words out loud. God will hear you. You need to get it out in the open. Get it off your chest, so to speak. Bottling up the dark secrets in our lives destroys us. Tell God what it is you've done. If you've never prayed before, don't worry about how to address God. You could say something like this. God, I know I have done wrong and I want to be free of it. And if there are special things that pertain only to you, tell him those things. Don't worry that he'll strike you dead at any moment. He loves you. Just remember these words from the Bible. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just 
to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that's found in 1 John 1, 9. So A is to acknowledge, B is to believe, C is to confess, and then there's one other which starts with R, and that is to repent. Repent means to turn away from the sins that have been dragging us down. To do that successfully, we need to obey the guidelines as set out in God's word. Jesus said, If you love me, keep my commandments. That's found in the Gospel of John, chapter 4 and verse 15. This might sound like a hard thing to do, and of course, there is always the risk of falling back into the bad old ways. But God promises to be with us and to help us. In Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 and 29, is the promise of Jesus. Come unto me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And going on from there, in Matthew chapter 28 and verse 20, Jesus says, I am surely with you always, even to the very end of the age. Are you sick of yourself? Do you wish to be free of the sins that are in your life? Would you like a new start? Jesus is the answer. Take your troubles to him. I once met a lady who was very troubled. There was something in her life that worried her so much that she felt God could not forgive her of what she had done or what she was doing wrong. She thought she had gone too far. I shared with her from the Bible what God said about such things but it was impossible to convince her that God could and would forgive her. That is, if she really wanted to be forgiven and meant to live a pure life. She never confided in me to tell me what her problem was, and for that matter I didn't really want to know. The last time I saw her she was still convinced she was unforgivable. She was unhappy and certainly was not at peace. I don't know what happened to her since, but I hope she came to realise that God's grace is much greater than our sin. On that issue, 
in Romans chapter 5 and verse 21 is this reassurance. Where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That means it does not matter how bad you have been. God can and is willing to forgive you. He can and will, but he can't do anything unless you are prepared to take that first step. So if you are troubled by sin in your life, there is hope for you. Don't be afraid. Go to God today. Tell him what you've done. Ask for forgiveness. Open up your heart to him and receive his, his forgiveness and begin your journey on a new life. Millions of other people have done this and have received peace and as a huge bonus, the promise of eternal life. Well, that's it for today. Next week I want to share with you about God's instructions for a happy life. So until next time, this is Len wishing you peace and a life where you can experience real joy and happiness in Jesus.